We're going to be starting a new series here today as we talk to you about, and we're going to be over in the book of Job, but I'm going to ask Daryl if you will get two other scriptures ready for me that I did not put in the outline, Psalms 111 and verse 10, and Proverbs 4, beginning at verse 5. Psalm 111 and verse 10, and Proverbs 4, beginning at verse 5. It said that common sense is taking into consideration all the realities you see in front of you and coming to a right conclusion. Many of y'all know some people don't have common sense. They don't come to the right conclusions. After having dug a, to a depth of 10 feet last year, a British scientist found traces of copper wire dating back 200 years and came to the conclusion that their ancestors already had telephone network for more than 150 years or 150 years ago. Not to be outdone by the British, an American geologist followed up, and he went on an archaeological dig, and he dug to a depth of 20 feet. Shortly after that, he published an article in the New York Times saying, American archaeologists finding traces of a 250-year-old copper wire, and they concluded that their ancestors already had an advanced high-tech communications network 100 years earlier than the British. Well, a week later, the Department of Minerals and Energy in Western Australia reported the following. After digging to a depth of 30 feet in Western Australia's, and I don't even know how to say this, Felbera region, Jack Lucknow, a self-taught archaeologist, reported that he found absolutely nothing. <laughs> Jack has therefore concluded that 250 years ago, Australia had already gone wireless. <laughs> now, these are wrong conclusions, right? These are not the way that we should go. But many times we have heard things and we have drawn wrong conclusions. We have gone in the wrong direction. We are operating under the figment of imagination that the wisdom of God is guiding us. But because of the wrong conclusions we've come to, it is not. Those verses I gave to you, pull them up on the screen there. In Psalms verse 10 of chapter 111, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments, his praise endures forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have those who do his commandments. Go over to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 5. Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Verse 6. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. In verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Brother Creflo Dollar has made that verse of Scripture very popular. He reads that quite often. And we want you to come to a knowledge of this as well. So, Brother Darrell, if I do ever forget, those two verses are going to be at the top of our list almost every Sunday for the next period of time. We're going to go over and review those because wisdom is an incredibly important thing for us to get hold of. It has more value than most of us realize. And sometimes we have operated under the notion that we have the wisdom of God, but it is not. So we want to give you some principles in the Word of God to help you understand what the wisdom of God is, how to identify it, how to get it, how to increase in it, how to apply it, how to use it, how to walk in the wisdom of God. If we will, many things that happen in our life that people have said, well, I guess God allowed it, 
would have been avoided if we had the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is that important to you. Now, don't come to the conclusion that any bad thing that happens to you is, has happened because you didn't operate in the wisdom of God. I'm just saying that some of them can be avoided. Don't go look at anybody else's bad situation and say, well, I guess they're not walking in the wisdom of God. That would be a wrong conclusion. That would be like the guy with from uh, uh, British decided that they had a wireless or a wired telephone network so long ago. Now, don't do that. It's not your business to figure out why something bad happened to someone else or something good happened to someone else. What it is is your business is to find out how you can keep yourself out of things. Paul ran into some problems. And one of the things that the Word of God spoke about Paul, the prophet said over him, was I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Just because you suffer doesn't mean it's for a wrong reason, nor does it mean it's for a right one. You get the wisdom of God, though, and you figure out what it is. Jesus operated in the wisdom of God and avoided some problems, and he operated in the wisdom of God and walked right in the midst of others. But the wisdom of God will keep you out of things that you shouldn't be in and put you where God needs you to be, if we understand it. Over in the book of Job, chapter 28, hear these words. But where can wisdom be found? Wouldn't that be a nice thing to answer? Where can wisdom be found? I mean, how, how much does this world search after wisdom? And we have all kinds of things that we, we think it might be found in or certain people we think that it might in. Look at what's written here in the Word. And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value. Man does not know its value. We do not know the value of wisdom. If we understood the value of wisdom, we would understand that wisdom is the principal thing. And all the things we ever ask God for, the main thing we would ask God for is wisdom. Remember we went through those uh, five minutes to effective prayers? The number one thing you should be praying for was wisdom. That'll get you through most stuff. But we don't realize its value. Most of our prayers are about salvation, deliverance, help, things, stuff like this. Our number one thing we should be asking for is wisdom. We mentioned this to you before. But the richest person in the world also happened to be what? The wisest. Yeah. Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. Wisdom is not found in the land of the living, he's saying. The deep says, it is not with me. And the sea says, it is not with me. Which means this, you can go as deep as you want to in the earth, you're not going to find it. You can go into the seas, the oceans, you are not going to find wisdom. It cannot be purchased for gold. You can't buy it. Wisdom cannot be purchased for gold, nor can silver be weighed for its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in precious onyx or sapphire, Neither gold nor crystal can equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewelry of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or quartz, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. From where then does wisdom come, and where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Destruction and death say we have heard a report about it with our ears. God understands its way 
and he knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees under the whole heavens to establish a weight for the wind and apportion the waters by measure. When he made a law for the rain and a path for the thunderbolt, then he saw wisdom and declared it. He prepared it. Indeed, he searched it out. And to man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and, depart, and to depart from evil is understanding. Wisdom dwells with God. Now understand this. It does not just say God's wisdom dwells with God. It says that wisdom dwells with God. All wisdom is God's wisdom. There is no other. Any other wisdom is like foolishness, especially to God, but it is foolishness. It will not help you. The wisdom of God is the wisdom. There is nothing better. And it's what we need to get. What is good for us to know is, though it cannot be purchased with a price, it can be had. For the Word of God tells us in James, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives you just enough. No, he gives you liberally. He gives you more than you need in the area of wisdom. Now think of some of the problems that you've had in life. If you've had problems with people, what would have helped you? Wisdom. If you had problems making money, what would have helped you? Wisdom. If you had problems with spending money, what would have helped you? Wisdom. If you had problems in school, what would have helped you? Wisdom. Is there any place we can go where wisdom would not have helped us? And yet it is not the thing we seek after the most. But the Word of God says this needs to be the principal thing. This needs to be the thing you go after more than anything else. This, if, if you really understood the value of this, you would not let this lay by, by its side. You would seek after this more than anything. But if we look at our life, we spend a whole lot of time seeking after money. Some people spend a lot of time seeking after fame. We spend a lot of time seeking after friends, relationships. But how much time do we spend seeking after wisdom? If it is to be the principal thing, it needs to be the principal thing that we search after. So he says, where can we find it? It is not with men. It is not in the earth or the sea. It cannot be purchased. It is with God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 1 and verse 9, Now, O Lord God, let your promise, this is uh, Solomon talking, you let your promise to David my father be established, for you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? And God said to Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. And I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. Now the reason wisdom is not with men or people is simply because men must ask 
for it. We have to ask for wisdom. If we have to ask God for wisdom, then it is not with us. It is with God. We've got to ask for it from the one who has it. <clears throat> this involves submission. And for many, that is too costly. To submit to God, to admit that his wisdom is greater than mine, for some is too costly. They won't give that up. When we don't know wisdom's value, we won't pay its cost. If I don't know the value of wisdom, I'll see the price of submission to God and say it's too high. We ask for wisdom from God. And this is the thing we need to do. But we've got to go beyond just asking for wisdom. Now, if you look at the, the world, the people in the world, the people that are looked up as, as high up in the world, we see them as having some wisdom. And sometimes we listen to them and, and, and look to them. We go to college and we look at our professors. They're supposed to be wise. And yet how many universities and colleges have professors that are anti-God? Most of them, it seems, are anti-God. They're against God. If they are against God, can they ask God for wisdom? Then what wisdom do they have? Not the wisdom that's right. Not the wisdom that's of God. And not the wisdom that's going to be lasting or the stuff that is valuable. We ask for wisdom from God and retain it by meditating on the Word of God. Not only do you want to ask for it, but you need to hang on to it. You need to retain it. If you don't retain it, it's not going to do you much good. This is one of the reasons years, many years ago, back in, I believe, the year was 1998, we started writing outlines for you every Sunday and done it every week since because the best word that you have is the word that you know. You've got to know it. And so we want you to be able to go on home and study and get these principles down that it can help you in the way that you go, in the direction that you go. Because if you don't have the Word of God with you, you're not going to have the wisdom of God. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We need to meditate on the Word of God. Not just receive the wisdom of God. You've got to meditate on it so that you can keep it. And you can maintain it. If you do not retain the wisdom that God gives you, you're not going to keep growing. Why should God give you more if you won't retain what it is that you have? How many of you have ever used those uh, Tupperware containers over at home? And you put food in it. The idea of putting the food into the Tupperware container or whatever brand of Rubbermaid or whatever one that's out there that you might use, the reason that you buy the containers and you want them to be airtight is because the container will preserve the food for another time because you had made more than you needed. Maybe you intended to make more than you needed so you wouldn't have to make lunch or dinner the next day. And so you put it in those containers for the purpose of retaining it, preserving it. If that container fails in its mission and it does not retain, maybe there's a crack, maybe it doesn't seal properly, maybe something is wrong and it doesn't hold the food. Maybe you put soup in one of those things and it all leaked out over your refrigerator. What would you do with the container? Wash it, put it away, and use it again? 
No, it doesn't. It ha- if it doesn't have the ability to retain, it does not have value to you. We need to retain the wisdom that God has given us. How do you retain it? By meditating on the word, by going over it and over it and over it. We got to do it. I wanted to define wisdom here for you. Knowledge is simply the accumulation of facts, events, and information. That's what knowledge is. Knowledge is merely the accumulation of facts, events, and information. There are people of great knowledge, but they don't know anything to do with it. Great knowledge won't help you. The second part is understanding. Understanding is the comprehension of how the knowledge we have works and or the interpretation of how that knowledge can be applied. Two things. Understanding is the comprehension of how that knowledge we have works and or the interpretation of how that knowledge can be applied. How many of you went through algebra? Remember going through algebra? All, some of us liked it. Some of us did not like algebra. But algebra was, you know, for some people, your mind was able to grab hold of algebra, and this is a, no problem. And other people, it's like, I can't get this stuff. And if you look at algebra, and you saw the formulas, and you saw, all right, all these letters are supposed to equal numbers. How in the world do we get to a place where letters equal numbers? And then sometimes, in some of the more involved equations, you have uh, 4 equals 4x, and... He, it's like, why do I ever need to know what 4x is, right? But they, they, there are some applications for algebra. But if we don't see it, we simply memorize the knowledge and we go through and do the formula and come out with an answer. But once we got out of algebra, we didn't retain any of it. Because first off, we didn't understand it. If we didn't understand it, I can't mull, mull over it. I can't use it. I can't apply it anywhere. And it will go away. How many of you went through chemistry? How many did not like chemistry? I didn't like chemistry. I'll have my hand up. How many did not like chemistry? How many retained the knowledge of chemistry to this day? <laughs> did you raise your hand about not liking it? Okay, he liked it. All right, Daryl liked chemistry, and he retains the knowledge. Brother Jolly, you like chemistry, and you retain the knowledge? See, if you like it, then you go after it, and you pursue it. But if you don't, I didn't like chemistry. I don't know, chemistry, just, we just didn't mix. I got through it, and that was it. I never took it again. I didn't have to take it. Got through it one time. That's all I wanted to do. It just it didn't uh, have an interest to me. Now, there's other, other forms of edu- or other classes that did interest me, and I pursued those. But you see, if we don't meditate on it, if we don't continue with it, then we lose it. You've got to continue on it. You've got to keep on going with it. Some of you folks are in professions that have continuing education classes. Because if you don't stay in the field, if you don't meditate in the field, what happens to the knowledge and understanding you gained, it goes away. Understanding is the comprehension of how the knowledge we have works and or the interpretation of how that knowledge can be applied. There are many people who have knowledge but don't have the comprehension of how it works. They don't have the interpretation of how that knowledge can be applied. And because of that, the knowledge they have is useless. What good is knowledge if you don't comprehend it or you don't interpret it right. It makes, it, it does not help you at all. Have you ever talked with someone who has come up with a wrong understanding from Scripture? And they, they speak the thing to you, and they say, well, I think this. And you're thinking, what? <laughs> Where in the world did you get that from? Well, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and they'll come up with different reasons for you. And that's not helping you out. 
I heard this, uh, you probably have heard this, that experience is the best teacher. It is not. Experience is not the best teacher. How many of y'all know there's a whole lot of things be a whole lot better if you didn't learn by experience? But because you learned it by experience, you suffered. You lost some things. You know, uh, don't trust a person who says, trust me with your money. How many of us learned that by experience? How many would have been better if we didn't learn that by experience? Experience is not the best teacher as it can teach you things apart from the word of God. Experience can teach you things apart from the word of God. There are many people who their knowledge of who God is is through their experience. It's not through the word of God. Well, this happened to me. And -and so-and-so said it might be because this. And they come up with that conclusion. I don't think God likes me. Why don't you think God likes me? Well, all these bad things have happened to me. It's by experience. Well, what's the Word of God tell you? I don't know. I didn't look at the Word of God. It's the Word of God that tells us who God is. It's how we learn the Word of God. It's how we learn about Him. But we come out with a wrong understanding. And I'll bet that even some of us here, even though we are seeking after God, we currently have a wrong understanding of events that happened in our life and have come out with a problem between us and God. Because I don't know why that went that way. How come this happened? How come this went in this direction? Why did I have to go through this? I mean, you had those kind of things? And then somebody comes along and, you know, they give you some explanation for it. How many have ever been around, you know, maybe a young baby died. And so well-meaning Christian comes up and says, well, God just had more use for your little baby than you did. And people have actually said that. And people have said that at funerals. And people go off there thinking that God, well, I need that one. And so I'm just going to take it back. That's a wrong view of God. What verse of scripture did you ever get that from? Well, I don't have a scripture for it, but it just seems to be, why else would that baby have died? Well, there's a whole lot of other reasons. (laughs) Go to the Bible and find out what the Bible says. Don't sit there and just come up with an experience uh, or just come up with an idea based on experience because you might be coming up with the wrong one. And it's not wisdom. And if we let that kind of stuff dictate our life, then the wisdom of God is no longer helping us. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts, events, and information. Understanding is the comprehension of how the, how the knowledge we have works and or the interpretation of how that knowledge can be applied. I looked up a definition for understanding at uh, one of my favorite websites for this, this sort of thing. And I love what they put here in the beginning. Enlightened intelligence. I love that. That's just two words that just really brings understanding to light. Enlightened intelligence. Knowledge might be intelligence, but understanding is enlightened intelligence. Second part was skill in dealing with or handling something. Understanding is a person with skill. They know how to take the knowledge they have and apply it in a proper way. Skill. Knowledge without correct understanding is virtually useless. Knowledge without correct understanding is virtually useless. You can have all the smart people in the world. They may know all kinds of things, but if they don't know how to properly apply it, it's useless. Here's wisdom. Wisdom. This comes right from a definition site. Knowledge of what is true or right 
coupled with just judgment as to action. Knowledge of what is true or right coupled with just judgment as to action. Wisdom involves action. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts. Understanding is the proper comprehension of what we do with those things. But wisdom is the action. Wisdom is when we put things to work. Wisdom is applying all this stuff. You can have great understanding. It doesn't mean you did anything with it. Just because you have understanding doesn't mean you are using it. You may be in the possession of it. Wisdom is the using of understanding. It's that simple. I put in your outline this. Wisdom knows the end at the beginning. Have you ever talked with someone who just is that they, they come across as very wise? And if you go over a problem with them, they say, I have this situation. If I go this way, do you think that would work? And they, they may say to you, if you go that way, if you do that thing, this will probably be the end result. That's wisdom, isn't it? That's understanding how those actions, taking the understanding, put it in action, and this is going to be the end result. Wisdom can see into the future without the future happening. Wisdom is that good. How much better would it be if you could see into the future? If you could see into the future 20, 30, 40 years ago, how many of you would have bought some things that you didn't buy? If you would have known that gold would have soared at the time that it soared, would you have bought gold? If you knew that IBM was going to become the company that it did, would you have bought some stock in IBM when it first came on the market? Would you have bought some stock in Google? Would you have bought some stock in Apple when it first came to the market? Well, the reason that we didn't was that we didn't quite have the proper understanding because if we had the proper understanding and then if we acted on it and if we had bought people who bought Apple early on did get uh, a lot of money out of that. It did get a benefit from it. And we looked at that, boy, that was a wise move that you did. Isn't that what we call that? Boy, that was, that was great wisdom that you did in, in buying that stock of that company. Oh, you stayed away from that stock? Boy, that was wise because that one just tanked. That one did not go well. How many people thought that Facebook was going to be a great company to buy stock in? And then it came up and I think in a day it dropped. Pretty good too because they started out too high. And if you bought into that, then you lost some money. How many of you know that wisdom would have been to know this one's not a good one to do, this one is a good one to do? That's what wisdom is. And God wants us to have that. Wisdom knows the end at the beginning. That's what wisdom does. Action without understanding from God is not the wisdom of God. Action without understanding from God is not the wisdom of God. I started that because I want you to get that. I want you to repeat that over to yourself a number of times. Action without understanding from God is not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is acting in the understanding that God gives us. Until I put that understanding into action, it is not wisdom. I've got to put it into action. I've got to put it in the, the fear of the Lord is the what? Beginning of wisdom. If I have a proper fear, 
respect all of the Lord, then when he says something, I put it into action. That's wisdom. I summed it up for you this way. Knowledge is the accumulation. Understanding is the comprehension. Wisdom is the action we take. Just to give you a little summary of it. Knowledge is the accumulation. Understanding is the comprehension. Wisdom is the action we take. Go over to Proverbs chapter 1, if you would. Right at verse 1. The, Pro, the, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. Get this down. Wisdom is instructive. To receive the instruction of wisdom. Wisdom will instruct us. When we get instructed, we need to listen to it. I need to yield to instruction. If you buy a, a gadget for the kitchen, if you buy an appliance, if you get a car, you are given a set of instructions. And there, most times, instructions are supposed to be instructive. And if you read the thing, you find out how to use it, how to use it properly. How many of y'all know you can go up to your microwave? You can buy a really expensive microwave. You can get a $100 microwave. You can get a $600 microwave. You can probably get a $1,000 microwave. But that $1,000, $600 microwave is going to do more than the $100 one. If you go over and you can buy a $100 one, you got probably one, one power level, maybe 10 power levels. And you just tell it how long you want it to go, and that's it. But you can get a smarter one, and a smarter one will have uh, things like probes. You can put the probe into the food, and it's going to tell when the food is done. You can have ones that have sensors in them. And uh, if you have, you ever seen one of those ones? If you have a thing of water, and you put the water in there, all you got to do, you don't got to figure out how long I got to cook the water for. You just put it in there and say it's a beverage. And then it does all the sensing for you. And when it senses that the water is hot, it turns itself off. They have a popcorn sensor on it. You can put your popcorn bag in there. Instead of guessing how long it has to be, it just uh, judges for you and lets you know. It's got uh, reheat things, and it tells you when you hit the reheat thing, are you reheating a casserole? Are you reheating a plate of pasta? Are you reheating? And it'll ask you a bunch of lists of what you're reheating. And based on that, you hit, you know, one, two, three, four, whatever the number is, and then that sensor will take over. You don't have to sit there and watch it. They have their frost sensors on them. You want to hit, you want to defrost some meat? You don't got to figure it out. You don't have to look it up in a cookbook. You know, well, five minutes for this much meat. No, you're just going to say, how much meat are you defrosting? I'm defrosting four pounds. And the microwave takes over from there and just does it. All right, four pounds, and it figures it all out for you. How much nicer is that? Well, you can also get microwave ovens that'll, that'll cook conventional. You can have it be a microwave. You can switch it over and be a conventional, convection type of a cook. And you can have all kinds of stuff. You can be doing all sorts of stuff, but if you never read the instruction manual and you treat that $600 microwave like a $100 one and just tell it 30 seconds, 60 seconds, whatever it might be, then uh, you're not getting the best out of it, are you? You got to read the manual. You got to find out what's going on. You got to read the instructions so that you can get the best out of it. There are many times that we are going through life and we are struggling with things and God says, I gave you a manual. 
I told you how to use some of the tools that I gave you. I gave you the Holy Spirit. I gave you a manual how to use it. I gave you the Word of God. I've told you how to use it. I gave you a meditator. I've told you how to use it. If you use it, what did Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 say? This book of the law shall not depart from your... Is that instruction? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. How many of you go around quoting the Word of God daily? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night. How many of you meditate on the Word of God day and night? Just meditate on it. Just think on it. Just mull over it. Well, I'm not much of a thinker on it. I'll bet you worry about your problems. Too many Christians spend more time meditating on their problems than they do meditating on the Word. Doug Jones told us one time, he says, worry is corrupted meditation. That's all it is. And so he said, if you want to know how to meditate the Word of God, just put it this way. Worry the Word. That makes it so we can all understand it. Worry the Word. Keep going over the Word. What do you do if you worry about a problem? You think of 10 different ways that thing can get worse. 10 different ways that thing's going to bring you down. Go over the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. How is this going to make it better for me? Wisdom is instructive. It says, a wise man, a wise man will hear. Verse 5, a wise man will hear and increase learning. It is not good just to hear. You got to hear and increase the learning. I got to listen. I got to hear what the Word of God is saying, what the Spirit of God is saying to me. A wise man will hear and increase learning. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. A wise man will hear and increase learning. If you shut down in the the area of learning, you are not wise. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. That verse says a whole lot to us. A man of understanding. Understand when it says man, it means people. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. I put this in your outline. I want you to get this one. If no one can speak correction to you, you are neither wise nor a person of understanding. If no one can speak correction to you, you are neither wise nor a person of understanding. Now, I put it in here again, and I'm changing the wording on this one. If everyone can speak correction to you, you are neither wise nor a person of understanding. Get this down. If no one can speak to you, or if everyone can speak to you, you are neither wise nor are you a person of understanding. Because the Word of God does not say seek counsel. It says seek what? Wise counsel. What is wise counsel? Counsel that is founded on the Word of God, on the fear of the Lord, on actions that come from the Word of God. If you seek counsel apart from that, you are not seeking wise counsel. It's just that simple. Wisdom comes from the Word of God. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom does not come from any other place. 
Wisdom comes from God. Now, when I was going through Bible college, in order to, uh, I made the mistake, and I've tried to correct everybody else I've ever talked to about this, that if you want to be, if you want to go into ministry and you're going to go to Bible college, do not become a Bible major. I made that mistake my first, my first year at King's, and I learned that is a bad thing to do. Do not become a Bible major at a liberal arts college. Because when you are a Bible major at a liberal arts college, all your electives are going to be in the area of Bible. But in order to get liberal arts credit, you cannot get liberal arts credit for most Bible courses. The few exceptions are church history and Greek. They will not give you liberal arts credit for most of the rest of the stuff. And so what you have to do in order to get liberal arts credit is... They give you some other things to get. And for a Bible major, you're going to go into three areas. They want you to get sociologies, psychologies, and my favorite, philosophy. Oh, I despise philosophy. And I had a Christian professor teaching it to me. I had a Christian professor teaching it to me. And it, it was terrible. I, I, I would never make it as a philosophy major. First off, I don't think like they do. They want you to think outside of logic they want you to think out and i'm just i'm not wired for that and so i learned early on this is not a good place for me to be sociology some of them were okay i didn't really like a whole lot of it but at least it was tolerable the teacher was uh decent and then psychology there were some that were actually fun a couple of child psychology adolescent psychology they were kind of fun uh had the lousiest teacher in the world for it he just was boring as could be he took an interesting subject and made it extremely boring the book was more interesting than he was (laughs) <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Well, you know, we suffered through it and you went on through. But I learned until my first year that this is not the good way to go. Uh, I've, I've told people other ways. So after my first year, I picked up a business minor so that I could have some business credits to take up some of the, uh, the, uh, the other areas in there because it just was, it was not good. And we were not going to get along real well in these particular areas, uh, especially with f- f- um, philosophy. I mean, they just, want, they just want to challenge everything that you're thinking about. And, you see, and for me, there's some things you couldn't challenge. First off, the Word of God is true. If you want to come and talk to me about that and say, well, the Word of God might not be true. Well, we're done with our discussion. Let's go on to something else. Because there are certain things that I just assume that this is right, just as I assume that gravity is at work all the time. That's an assumption, right? But it's a good assumption. <laughs> the Word of God is true. Even at a Christian college, as a Bible major, I was given uh, book materials in my Bible classes that did not assume the Bible to be true. In a Christian college, we had to read and study these things, and they did not come from the, the area that the Bible was true. So what I did was uh, early on, you know, sometimes I tell you to keep your books from college that they're going to be helpful for you down the road. I haven't found that too much, but I, I kept a lot of them. And the only ones that I still have from my college days. The only books, and I still have them. They're in my office to this day. The only ones I have are the ones I got on Greek. That's it. I've thrown all the other ones away. Now, initially, when they gave me these books, and they did, they, and I could tell reading them, they do not believe that the Word of God is an inspired Word of God, but they're telling you which parts of the Word of God are wrong. In a Christian college, a good Christian college, this is a Baptist Christian college, there are ones that are much more liberal than the one I once to, and they teach you worse stuff. 
But here we are in a, in a good Baptist Christian college giving us books that did not accept that the Bible was inspired by God or true and that we had to determine which parts of it. So if I got a book and it did not have that assumption, as soon as I was done with the course, it went away. I got rid of it. I don't need that around. I don't want to read that at all. Since then, you know, I've had other pastors who tell me different materials they have. Oh, I like this commentary. I like this thing. And I've gotten it, found out they don't believe that the Word of God is inspired. They don't believe that the Word of God is true. There was these things that were taught when I was at college. They're called higher criticisms. Anybody ever heard of them? Don't look them up. They're useless. What they are is they tell you what parts of the Bible are not to be believed. And they hold the Bible to a higher level of criticism. And they critique it. Some of the books that are just totally torn apart in this are books like Ezekiel. Ezekiel is one of the ones they have the biggest field day with because Ezekiel's prophecies are too accurate. They are so accurate to the most minute details that they have determined that they could not have been written by someone before the event, but had to be written after the event had already occurred and then ascribed to Ezekiel later. Is that not garbage? Why in the world do we want to spend time listening to that? It's not going to help you. Wise counsel is counsel that knows God, that believes God, that trusts God. Many people, Christian people, certainly no one here, but other places, Many Christian people invite people on the news into their home to obtain wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of what is going on in the day. And most of these people despise God. How can you get wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from someone who despises God? How can you get wisdom and understanding from someone who does not keep the Word of God? We've got people in high places. They say they believe in God. But if you look at their actions, they're going against the things of God. How can you believe that? That'd be so. How many of you have friends that are not Christians? And they may try and counsel you in an area of your life. Well, you ought not to do that. Are you a Christian? Well, no, but still, this, why would you take counsel from that? The Word of God says wise counsel. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. First off, it's something that you have to attain, you have to go get. Wise counsel is counsel that acknowledges God, believes in God, believes in His Word. If they do not do that, they are not wise. A man of understanding will attain what kind of counsel? Wise counsel. So if you get counsel that is not wise, you are not a person of understanding. Without understanding, you can't operate in wisdom. Because wisdom requires understanding. You cannot have a right action if you don't have the right comprehension. Now you might say, well, what about knowledge? I mean, it has to be the knowledge of God, right? You would think that, but I didn't put that in your outline for a certain reason. Because proper understanding will automatically let you know whether the knowledge is right. 
I can hear something and because of my godly understanding realize that's false. That's not right. I can collect any knowledge I want. The understanding I get from the Spirit of God will let me know that's not right. I can also hear knowledge and simply say, you know what? That's right. I'm not exactly sure why yet, but I know that's right. Down in my spirit, I know that's right. And it'll help you out. A wise man will hear and increase learning. You've got to hear. You've got to be willing to hear. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. If you will not attain wise counsel, you are not a person of understanding. You're not going to walk in the wisdom of God. There have to be some people who can speak into your life. There have to be some godly people that are out there that can speak words of wisdom to you. In order for wisdom, this is huge, you got to get this. In order for wisdom to be instructive, which is what the Word of God right here says it is, in order for wisdom to be instructive, in order for me to hear the voice of instruction from wisdom, I must be in a place where I am not doing it. I am not following that wisdom. Because then instruction would come. You don't have to instruct if you're already doing it, right? So wise counsel comes in to instruct you how to do it. The reason that you call up that software company's support line is because the software is doing something you don't understand. The reason you buy a new phone, you go over to the phone company that, that sold it to you to sit in one of the classes is because you don't understand how the phone is working. And so you want to receive instruction on how to get it to go and how to get it to, to, to move. God wants to give us instruction. God will send people to help you. But I've got to first realize I don't know everything. And I need to receive wisdom. And I need to have some people in my life that I can receive that wisdom from. If I don't, then I am not one who is attaining wise counsel. Wise counsel doesn't just come to you. You've got to attain it. You've got to go find it. You've got to build up that relationship with them. A wise or a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Verse 6, to understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. A little different from the other one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. A fool despises instruction. Now understand this. Doesn't, a fool is not one who despises all instruction. A fool is one who despises wise instruction. And wise instruction is? Godly instruction. How many of you have ever had somebody ungodly come over you and try and instruct you on anything? And it goes against what you know from the Word of God. How many of you have ever rejected that? <laughs> yeah, we sure have. I'm not doing that. You are not a fool. Because you did not reject wise instruction. You rejected foolishness. And that's okay. God wants you to do that. He wants you to recognize. That's foolish instruction. Don't follow it. Did it come from the Word of God? Those people who come up and say, well, I don't know what the Word of God says on this, but I know from my experience. Oh, dear. You ever hear from people who've been offended in church? They were in a church, they got offended, and then they don't go to church. How come you don't go to church? Well, if I were you, I wouldn't go to church either. 
That church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. Every church is filled with hypocrites. They got problems. And I just don't need church anymore. What scripture to get that from? I didn't get it from any scripture. But I just, I, I've looked at how I'm living now. I'm out of church. It's a whole lot better than how it was before when I was in church. <laughs> what verse did you get that from? I, didn't, I got it from experience. I've experienced the church and I experienced like that. What are they doing? This is bad. This is bad. This is, that's foolishness. What should, you, what should you do with that instruction? Reject it. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Well, wisdom is godly. There is no other wisdom outside of God's wisdom. There is no human wisdom. There is no philosophical wisdom. There is no other kind of wisdom that contradicts the wisdom of God. Because God made everything, God understands everything. God knows the end at the beginning. That's our God. His wisdom is the best wisdom. Before you move on anything, find out what the wisdom of God is. If you don't have the wisdom of God, don't move yet. Don't, don't go into action until you get the knowledge, the understanding, and the wisdom. What to do. I, put in a, I think I put this in mind. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, I think I ran out of room on this one for you, but if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, what kind of wisdom and instruction is a fool despising? He's despising the godly kind. I didn't put this in your outline, but turn over to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. We're going to read through 26. Proverbs 3, verse 13 through 26. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. What kind of man is he? Happy. He's a happy man. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Think back to a time when you were having problems on something, and all of a sudden you got understanding, you got wisdom on the thing. Where were you? Happy. You're glad. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver. Hmm. Proceeds of wisdom are better than the profits of silver. And her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Understand this, wisdom. Here it is. Wisdom in her right hand. What's in her right hand? Length of days. How many people want to live long? People are always telling you, I mean, this week, if you stay away from this food, this food, and do this and do this, you'll live long. Next week, it's going to stay away from this food, this food, and do this and this, and then you'll live long. And then after that, you'll find out, well, do this, and you'll, you know, how many have ever heard the thing, you got to drink so much water in order to be healthy? Yeah, you know, they just had a, a thing in the, in the thing, uh, uh, one of those reports. Uh, some woman just died, she drank too much water. Drank too much water. Yes, your body actually has a limit. If you drink too much water, you will kill you. You'll overdo your body. But sometimes we get that idea, water, 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 water. You know what? God has, God has put an incredible mechanism on the inside of us to tell us when we need water. Anybody know what it is? Thirst. Yeah. When you're thirsty, drink. When you're not thirsty, don't. Isn't that amazing? Don't go looking, well, I got to drink eight things, whatever. No, just if you're thirsty, go ahead and drink. If you're not, don't worry about it. Listen, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her 
gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths, all her paths, all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped their dew. My son, let, not, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble and your foot will not stumble when you lie down you will not be afraid yes when you lie down and your sleep will be sweet you ever have trouble sleeping pull this verse out your sleep will be sweet why will your sleep be sweet because of wisdom wisdom doesn't just happen it happens because you honor the wisdom of God you could pursue the wisdom of God. Do not be afraid of sudden terror. Ever had sudden terror come upon you? Yeah. He says, don't be afraid of it. Amen. Don't be afraid of it. Nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. There's a whole lot of things going on in this world to try and keep you in places of terror. When I was in high school, I think it was high school, maybe even elementary school. Uh, it probably was elementary school we were doing this. How many remember doing this? That uh, they would do the... the um, nuclear bomb um, drills. And so, you know, in case of nuclear bomb came, that we were getting ourselves ready for it. And so what we would do in their, all their knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, what we would do when we were in the school is uh, when a nuclear bomb threat would happen, the place that you would go is under your desk. I mean, remember going under your desk. I remember going underneath my desk and, you know, they'd sound the siren. This is a nuclear, not a fire drill. Fire drill, what are you supposed to do in a fire drill? You leave the building. But in a nuclear bomb drill, we didn't leave the building. We got under our desk. And everybody was afraid. Oh, the nuclear thing. It could happen. And we could have bombs coming over here. And, all, and people were walking around afraid. And they would do these tests in school. And we would all become, or supposed to become afraid. I, don't, I can't remember exactly what I thought of it. But I sure hope I had the wisdom to understand this is stupid. Because your desk is not going to help you in a nuclear fallout. If a nuclear bomb went off, you know, places where it has gone off, everyone died except for the people under their desks. Anybody see that headline? <laughs> is that not the most ridiculous thing in the world? But that's man's wisdom. I bet God sitting up there saying, you see what they're doing over there? <laughs> this is supposed to be an educated country. They're getting underneath their desks. And that's what they made us do. Sudden terror. Don't let people speak sudden terror to you. How many folks do you know that they always want to get you afraid of nuclear bombs going off and nuclear wars starting up? Don't worry about it. We read the book of Revelation. We know how it goes. We don't have to be afraid of it. For the Lord will be your confidence and you will keep your foot from being caught. Glory to God. You don't have to worry about it. The devil wants to come and try and take your sleep at nighttime? Don't let him. Wisdom of God. Meditate on the Word of God. Meditate on what the Word of God has said about where you're going, what's happening for you. 
wanted to bring you into memory of something we learned when, uh, when Brother, Brother Joe McGee was here. If you missed this, or you don't remember exactly what it was, if you go back to the, uh, on the website, we have all those things posted. If you go back to the Joe McGee meetings, I believe that was in June, and if you look at the Tuesday night one, this is when he went over this, the last night he was here. Four types of people. The four types of people. First off, there was the wise, there was the simple, there was the foolish, and there was the scornful. The wise, the simple, the foolish, and the scornful. We're going to be pulling some things out from that. That was some good, good stuff he gave us on that. If you want to go back there and review that, Tuesday night, Joe McGee meetings, you can pull that out. I don't have the exact date, but it was somewhere in the beginning of, of June. It won't be too hard to find on, the, on that. The wise, the simple, the foolish, and the scornful. Out of all those people, which one do you want to be? We, it's not hard to figure out. We want to be the wise ones, right? We want to be in the wise. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people who fall into the foolish. There's a lot of people who fall into the simple. And a lot of people who fall into the scornful. If you, how many were not here Tuesday night or did not listen to the MP3 meetings from Joe McGee was here? Anybody here did not, don't remember the four types of people? All right, go back. You're going to love the things he did. He did it from a principal standpoint. And uh, it was fantastic. Get in there, review all that sort of stuff. We'll go over some of those things as we go on. Wisdom is the principal thing that we need. If we get wisdom, it will guard our way. It will guard our decisions. We will not make an error if we operate by the wisdom of God. We will not make an error if we operate by the wisdom of God. Think of it this way. How many errors has God made? And he's been around a few more years than you have. Has not made an error because he operates by the wisdom of God. Knowledge, the accumulation, facts, information, understanding is the comprehension and interpretation of that information. And then wisdom, that's the action. Put it into action. All the knowledge and all the understanding will do you no good if you don't put it into action. You can have all the knowledge and all the understanding of faith in the Word of God. If you don't act on it, it won't do you any good. You can have all the knowledge and all the understanding of how to walk by the Spirit of God, how He can direct you and lead you. If you don't put it into action, it won't do you any good. We can go on item after item. It doesn't matter. You can have all the knowledge all the understanding, but wisdom is doing it. Wisdom is putting it into action. This is why I want to spend some time on the area of wisdom. If you want increase in your substance, if you want to find those harvests that have eluded you for so long, it is here in the wisdom of God. I think I alluded to this before or mentioned it, but someone had a, a tape I had listened to a long time ago that they were talking about God does not have money. Did you know that? God does not have money. He doesn't need money. Why would God need money? What is he going to buy? God doesn't have money. Remember Peter and John when they came to the temple gate? And they said to the man, such as we have. You can only give what you have. What does God have? Wisdom. What can he give you? Wisdom. What can you do with wisdom? Just about anything. You will not be hindered. How many of you are facing a situation in your life, whether it be your income, whether it be your job, whether it be your family, 
Or you are at an impasse, you're not sure which way to go. What do you need? Wisdom. And God gives wisdom to his people. Whatever situation you're at at work, God will give you wisdom. Situation in the family, God will give you wisdom. Situation with your money, investments, God will give you wisdom. If you act on what God has given you, will the payoff? Sure will. But see, too often we let the wisdom of God sit there. We've received it, but we didn't necessarily recognize it as the wisdom of God. So we want to help us understand how can I recognize the wisdom of God? Just stand up with me. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the help that you give us. To know your wisdom, to learn your wisdom, to walk in it, to have the knowledge of God, the understanding, and the wisdom to do it. To go out and to put that understanding into action. We want to walk in the wisdom of God. We thank you for the help that you give us. As we continue to look at the word of God on this next number of weeks, I thank you for the help that you give us. To see in our life where we need to have some things changed, to have our people speaking into our life better, to hear what the word of God has to say, to give the, the prominent place in our life to the wisdom and understanding of the things of God. We thank you for the help that you give us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. How many got your praise reports ready? If you didn't uh, write one up there yet, go ahead and get one. Write it up. We want to hear what the Lord is is doing. We had one that was uh, sent in. And if you know you're not going to be here and you want to get the thing in, uh, certainly feel free to send it in. Uh, just write it all up for me as you want it to be read, and we'll print it on out. And we have one of them printed out here to, for us today. Mm-hmm. This one is from Kathy. Um, she's family. <laughs> and uh, I have to say I have to ditto that one because when situations that we face every day, it's nice to know we've got friends and family who care and who will lift us up before the Lord. Josiah said, after taking two summer classes to graduate spring of 2014, administration said that I could not. But thank God the error of my advisor was brought to light to the head administration people. So I am on track to graduate (laughs) on time. Praise God. (laughs) Mm. Um, Sharon says, on my job, um, she and two of her coworkers had a time of prayer during our 15-minute break time. Praise God. Naz had a good flight to Trinidad, and his family is all doing well. This one was sent in by um, Bob McNally. He said he... uh, He got let go early from his job. It was one week and two days after I gave them three weeks' notice. Um, They wouldn't pay me for the three days that week or the next week or the bonus that he was due um, that week as a result of this quote-unquote merger that they were having. He said, I made calls to human resources and then up the IT staff, and none would return his call. I finally wrote a letter to the CEO, who I think is a Christian, He never responded, but the next day, the head of HR called him and said they were releasing three more days' pay for the week that he left, and they were sending him his bonus. The new company that he's going to let him start a week early. So the bottom line is he never missed a day's work or pay, and he's getting his bonus. (laughs) Praise (laughs) God. Any others? We're good? Amen. All right. Um, Just a quick update, too. I want to thank everybody who's been um, lifting up Allie and praying for the baby and everything. The baby's doing great. Allie's coming along, and we're just continuing to believe for her quick healing.